try that again. Good morning, church. Good morning. Well, it's my pleasure today, as Pastor Mark is again uh, accumulating some more frequent flyer miles to introduce our <laughs> guests this morning. Um, as Jared mentioned earlier, we've been partnering with the Car Means uh, in Cameroon for several years now here as a church, and you are going to be truly blessed this morning as I had a, a little um, insight into what is going on over there right now. You're just going to be blessed. So um, Jason and Christy have been uh, married for almost 26 years. They have three children that you're going to see this morning. They're not here with us in person, but they are uh, Michaela, Alyssa, and Josiah. And before moving to Cameroon, uplifting his family and moving there for that mission, mission um, he was one of our pastors uh, in Lexington, Ohio. So he's one of our Karis pastors. Um, when they arrived in Cameroon, there was about 80 Grace Brethren churches, but there was only four uh, trained pastors in that country. So since the school's opening in 2015, two graduated classes of almost 50 pastors who went through that institute. So that's amazing what God is doing over there. And the third class just started this past September in 2022. Um, and it is completely now under the leadership of the Cameroonians. So it's really exciting what God's doing there. Christy has served as a principal of the Greenhouse School in Uwanda and elementary school for missionary kids for the last five years. And that's where her passion is. She's going to speak this morning well on uh, third culture kids, which is a term I just learned this morning, um, and their unique lives and experiences. So she's going to share that. The Carmines are back in the U.S. for this school year, uh, for, mainly for their middle daughter, Alyssa, to transition back into life in the U.S. and to give their son, Josiah, a full year uh, in one school and to make good connections with those that support the ministry, which is why they're here today. Um, so, you know, it dawned on me this morning as a church family, we even talked about this last week as we opened, um, the passion that Pastor Mark is a leader of our church here uh, for um, training pastors. And we've seen that with the fruit of that in our own church family with Pastor Tim, Pastor Jeff, myself. You know, we weren't, that wasn't on our radar when we came to Grace Fellowship Church. Um, he's the head of our National Inspire Fellowship, which trains pastors. Uh, and now we're going to see some of the fruit of that internationally. So it's a blessing to have the Carmines with us here this morning. So please warm, give them a warm welcome. Well, good morning to you all. I'm on. Can you hear me? Yes. It is good to be here, and uh, I actually have Mark's phone number on my phone, Pastor Mark, and he's texted me this morning from Kenya. How many of you all have heard from him uh, saying that he's praying for us and for you? And uh, I said, I had a great first service. I said, I'm jealous of you. I wish I was in Kenya also. Um, I was actually on the Inspire board uh, before Mark was, and had I not gone to Cameroon, he wouldn't be in the position that he is now. I probably would have been serving in that role. Um, but it's hard to believe that uh, we have been in Cameroon since 2014, eight and a half years, which is crazy for us. You all know how time flies. Um, so much has been accomplished and so much yet still to be accomplished. But I hope this morning, most of you for the first time are seeing me and my wife, this is her first time here, but I hope this morning you hear from us, thank you. Because you have been a part of what God has done and continues to do 
um, in the ministry that he's given us there. So thank you for the ways that you pray for our family. I send a prayer email out every Tuesday. Some of you get that and receive it and you pray for us. Some of you, if you want to, just give me your email. I can add you to that list, simple and straightforward. Your church obviously gives to support the, the financial needs that the ministry has, that God has given us there. You contribute to what God has done and accomplished in significant ways, more than you even realize. I want to share some of that with you this morning. But before we get too far into that, I do want to introduce you to our family. And there they are. Bang. Uh, so this is us in uh, May or June of this year. Uh, as was already said, Christy and I have been married for 26 years, almost. We're high school sweethearts. She was 14 when we started dating. So uh, she's older than that now. Um, <laughs> And uh, our middle daughter, or our, excuse me, our oldest daughter is in the middle, Michaela, 21. Alyssa in the African outfit is 19, and Josiah is 16, sophomore in high school. So uh, he was in second grade when we moved to Cameroon. So if any of you were given a world map, how many of you could find Cameroon in five seconds or less? Maybe one or two of you. I couldn't find it either before I left. I didn't know where it was, and I'd never visited before our family moved there, or decided we were moving there. So here it is in Africa, uh, right uh, kind of central, uh, west central Africa, just north of the equator. We're about four degrees north of the equator. Looks like a rooster, doesn't it? So it'll be easy to find when you're looking at the map next time. You're like, oh, that's that rooster country. That's Cameroon. That's where the Carmines are at. And then the next slide shows you a, kind of a more of a blown up version of it. And we live in the capital city, and nobody can say it right, so don't feel bad. It's already been pronounced three or four different ways this morning as I've talked with people. But it's like if you, if you hit your elbow on something, you say, ow. So, yow, yaounde. Um, and uh, two and a half, three million people. So, big Africa city. Get rid of National Geographic stereotypes of Africa, because that's not where we live. Um, so we have uh, churches in Yaoundé where we live. We also have churches in the port city of Douala on the west coast. That's actually the Atlantic Ocean. So it's the east side of the Atlantic Ocean as opposed to the west side that you all have here. We get to experience and enjoy as well. That's a city of three and a half, four million people. So big, kind of a little bit more modern city even than Yaoundé itself. We also have churches up in Ngaoundere, which is an all-night train ride for us away. We have churches in Garwa and Marwa, and then straight east of Ngaoundere, um, there's a village uh, called Tuburo that I'll talk about a little bit later in our time this morning. But that's where we have churches, 80 to 90 now. And as, I, as was already said, when we arrived, there were about four pastors. From my count, you have four pastors on staff here. Is that right? So you have more than your fair share. So uh, we're slowly kind of cutting into that and um, making progress. But I want to take us to God's Word this morning, because that's why we're here. Uh, we'll work some stories in, but we're here to hear what God's Word has to say to us. So I encourage you, if you've got your Bible, to turn to Philippians chapter 1. And I hope this is a reflection of my own heart this morning, or our hearts for you, as I consider all of the churches all of the people, individuals who have been a vital part of what God has accomplished in Cameroon over these last 
eight and a half years or so. And apart from those partnerships, apart from people praying, apart from the support that goes with all of that, none of it would have been possible. So let's read together Paul's words for us this morning um, and then want to continue to share how you've been a part of what God has accomplished. So Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 to 11, Paul says, I thank my God and all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel. Remember that. Partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. He says, it is right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart, for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and my defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus, and it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and discernment, so that you may approve what is ex excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness, that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and the praise of God. I want to draw out a couple of things for us this morning that tie in with uh, the ministry that God has given us in Cameroon and share some pictures, some stories, because that's one thing that is always helpful. But one of the things that Paul points out that is super important when it comes to the ministry God has given us and missions in general is that cross-cultural work is most effectively done in partnership. He talks about the partnership for the gospel in Philippians 1. It was important to Paul. If It doesn't take long in reading Paul's writings to realize there were many, many churches and many, many people who stood next to him, alongside him, and also behind him saying, you go do the work you're called to do, and we want to help you, we want to help make that happen. And so, as we consider Paul's life in ministry that he had, the Philippian church and his relationship with the Philippian church, he goes on and he says, I have fond memories of you. And those thoughts, they lead me to thanking the Lord. So I want our words this morning to say, thank you for the partnership that this church has had in the gospel in Cameroon. One or two of you could have even found it on a map before this morning, but you still had a partnership for the gospel. I was a pastor of our Lexington, Ohio church, as was mentioned, for 15 years, town of 5,000 people. I live in a very, very different place now, and so does my family. Had many close connections with pastors and with churches that we still have. We, I can walk into many of our Grace Brethren churches, particularly in North Central Ohio, and know a lot of people in the church, know the pastor, call him friend. And I have and share those same thoughts as Paul, those fond memories, the thankfulness, the partnerships that have developed now. Pastor Mark has stayed in our house in Cameroon. He was there in 2018 talk a little bit more about that as well, to have those kinds of partnerships and meaningful relationships do more to help us and encourage us than you will ever, ever know. Let me talk a little bit about uh, kind of what life and ministry looks like for us. Um, we were given the charge of starting the Bible Institute in Cameroon. 
uh, when we got there. And in the, in the video, it, it said very succinctly, we discovered we had some Karis churches in Cameroon in 2003. There's a long story behind that that we don't need to get into, but for a long time, they had been kind of forgotten about, and that's how we got 80 churches with four pastors. And so uh, the school, the Bible Institute, started in 2015 with 22 students. We also had, at the time, nine evangelists who were church planners taking classes kind of as transfer students um, who, who had a diploma from another school but needed a little bit more training. And so they graduated, giving us 31 graduates at our first class in August of 2018. Pastor Mark was there. He got to share with our students, got to meet our students, and be a part of that. Uh, one of the most special days of my life, one of the most meaningful days, was watching those first group of graduates uh, walk across the stage and receive their diploma. Uh, the second class graduated in January a year ago. We had 22 students who have now been launched off into where they're living and in church ministry and doing a great job. Um, we've now started our third promotion of students in September of this last year as well. And we've got 14 students. And the school is being completely led right now and run by Cameroonians because I'm here. And I can't do it. And so I have the title co-director now. I'm sharing that title with one of our Cameroonian guys. But uh, this is our classroom. This is the second group of students. You can see a couple of ladies in there. Uh, the one in the middle of the picture uh, sitting next to her husband, who's actually to her left, a little farther away. There's a table, there are two table legs in the way, so she can't sit more closely. Um, she's helping our ladies right now, teach our ladies as she's graduated. And then the lady in the far back corner is the wife of one of our first graduates. And so they've got a higher level of education, and we wanted to offer them more Bible training and, and, uh, and a better education. Uh, our Bible Institute is more like a middle school level of education. Most of, our our, most of our students have not had the privilege and opportunity to go to school. And so we only ask of our guys to have about a seventh grade education to come. So unique training there. Uh, most of our wives, in fact, all but one of our wives in this class cannot read or write in any language, completely literate. Not because they're dumb, but because they've never been given the privilege of going to school, because school and education costs money. So our guys work as uh, night guards, most of them, working uh, six nights a week, 12 hours a night for 80 to $100 a month in salary. They've got to pay about $200 a year in tuition. We'll talk more about that in a little bit. But life is difficult, and um, yeah, it's hard for them to uh, pay rent and send their kids to school, which also costs money, and buy food and all that stuff on 80 to $100 a month. But our school has a modular format, so we meet two weeks a month from 8 o'clock to noon, and uh, that goes for three years. We don't take a break in terms of they get a couple weeks off a month, and so they go for three years straight, and then we graduate, and we find a new class and start over again. So we kind of have cohort that goes, and we don't have multiple groups going on at the same time. Um, my current role is co-director, as I've said, and my role has also expanded in the last couple of years. Uh, we have seven Bible institutes in Africa that train pastors. 
So we have ours in Cameroon, we have two in Chad, and we have four in the Central African Republic. And then we also have a seminary in Bangui in the Central African Republic that's like a bachelor, master's level training. And uh, so I'm kind of the point person between Encompass and those schools, helping train teachers and write curriculum and do all those kinds of things. Uh, I'm kind of the first line of defense or the first line of ammunition, uh, depending on the side, um, for those schools. Um, but all of these things take place because of your partnership in the gospel. We have roughly 3,000, 3,500 Grace Brethren churches in Africa, 250-ish here in the United States. So your reach, your partnership as a church impacts those churches. So thank you for the partnership that you have in the gospel. My wife uh, is going to come share some now. She is the principal of an elementary school. Let her talk more about that. But we, we, we've got to break this mentality that missions is just for people who've gone to seminary and only for the super spiritual because we're normal folks and uh, lots of normal people do lots of normal things and missions. And so I want her to talk about what she does and uh, how important it is, and maybe God is calling some of you to consider something like that uh, or something different along the way as well. So let my wife share some things. Yeah, so I'm the principal of an elementary school, which, as you can imagine, sounds like anyone else you know who might be a principal of an elementary school. I just happen to do it on a different continent. Um, we have a very small school that is around 30 students. All of the students who go to our school, their parents are missionaries from outside of Cameroon. So they've come to Cameroon to be missionaries and they're seeking an English education for their for their students. So they come from seven different countries this year, from 11 different mission agencies, and they do all sorts of things. They're pilots, they're mechanics, they're Bible translators, they're teachers, um, they work with refugees and immigrants or orphans, and our school is <clears throat> in place so that their children can be taught while they are doing ministry. Um, Another interesting part of our school is that all of our teachers are also missionaries. So all of our teachers raise support in the States and then come to work in Cameroon themselves. And so that provides some interesting challenges. We are constantly in need of teachers. So it's a, it's a huge need because we can't hire local people because they don't have the education in English and they don't have the training that we would need at our school. And so all of our, all of our teachers need to come <clears throat> from the states and we have constantly a need for teachers. Uh, this coming year I need a fifth and sixth grade teacher, a preschool teacher, a librarian, and an administrative assistant. So we have lots of needs even just in our small school. Um, because all of the students in our school are live outside of Cameroon and have come to Cameroon because their parents are missionaries, all of those students fall in a unique category um, called third culture kids. And it's not certainly unique to missionary kids. Lots of kids around the world fall into that category, um, business kids or uh, military brats or all of those types of things. People, a third culture kid is someone who spent a significant amount of time in their growing up years living in a culture other than their parents' passport culture. So if you think of their parents' passport culture being culture number one, it's kind of the culture inside the home. It's the language they speak, the clothes they wear, the foods they eat, the traditions that they have. 
Then you move to another country, and now you're living in a country that speaks a different language, has different cultures, has different traditions, has different ways of thinking about things. And so our children have a lot of American influence because that's how we were raised. And they also have a lot of Cameroonian influence because that's where they're currently living. But they're neither Cameroonian, although they would like to think they are. They wouldn't pass as one on the street. <laughs> but they don't feel American either. They're this mix of both of those cultures that makes them being raised in what we call a third culture. It's neither one nor the other. It is a mix of both. And they often have more in common with people who are also raised in a different third culture rather than having things in common with their own parents' passport culture. That brings all kinds of interesting issues um, <clears throat> as far as mobility, as far as identity, as far as um, challenges with grief and those kinds of things when you're constantly living and saying goodbye to all your friends who are passing through this strange third place that you live. So all the kids in my school are third culture kids. Our three children are third culture kids, and I'm also working with Encompass um, to help support the third culture kids of our missionaries around the world. Thanks. So yeah, 30-some kids in a school, and then helping our Encompass families with, again, your partnership in the gospel is allowing that to take place. So thank you. Our kids went to a school called the Rainforest International School. It's a kind of an American missionary school, Christian school, all the things that you kind of think of of Christian school. Half of it's missionary kids, half of it's kind of other Africans who've come in who uh, can afford the school and want a little bit higher education for their kids. And they had a very normal school experience that has prepared them for the next stage of life. Uh, my son is the only one left uh, who will be going back with us. Our two girls are staying here in the States. But they have that opportunity and that privilege because of your partnership in the gospel. And so thank you for that. You've accomplished and you've been a part of accomplishing a lot in Cameroon. And most of you never knew it. Most of you never knew it. And that's okay. I, I was in your seat for a long, long time and thought, yeah, the missionary's coming today. It's a good Sunday to skip church. You know, they're kind of boring. In fact, a couple of weeks ago, we were sharing in a Sunday school class, and a little old lady comes up to me, and she's like, wow, that was super interesting. It's like, I thought you were going to be really boring today. Told me that to my face, even. It was kind of funny. Um, but the passage that, that Paul gives us goes on and tells us more. And, it, you know, we, partnership, cross-cultural missions, ministry, happens best in partnership. But the second thing I want us to see in the passage is the work of the gospel is moving towards completion, but it's not done yet. It's moving towards, we're, we're working on it, and you are working on it where you're at, fulfilling the Great Commission. But in verse 6, Paul mentions the good work that Jesus began will be brought to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. Paul's ministry obviously ended with his death. But that doesn't mean the ministry that he had been a part of didn't continue on. Doesn't mean that the ministry of fulfilling the Great Commission and making disciples of all nations is still happening. That's why we are here this morning. 
So let me share a few stories with you about how the work of the gospel is continuing and moving toward completion in Cameroon, that again, your partnership is directly involved with. I love this next picture because it is, for me, 2 Timothy 2.2 played out, which you've seen and heard in me pass on to faithful men who will pass on to others as well. Um, three of these four men I know very well. The old guy in the middle, no clue who he is. So uh, the guy on the far left, his name is Justin. He's from Chad. We would call him Justin. And he is with Mark right now in Kenya. And uh, Justin is our leading or one of our two leading church planners in Chad. And he himself, by himself, planted 30, 40, 50, 60 churches. I don't know that he even knows how many churches He's planted, very uniquely gifted like Paul in that way. And he travels to places where the gospel hasn't gone and he gathers a group of people and he shares the gospel and churches are started and he moves on and somebody comes in behind him. We've got two guys like that and Chad who are just amazing guys. But, but Justin has been training the guy in the black and white shirt whose name is Delphi. And he is Cameroonian. He was one of our students in our first class of students. Guess where he's at right now as well? With Mark in Kenya. I'm missing out. I'm super jealous. But Delphi is our leading church planner in Cameroon. And he lives in that little out in the middle of nowhere village of Tubaro, close to the border of the Central African Republic. It is literally in the middle of nowhere. I visited there once a year and a half ago. I was literally the only white guy within hundreds of miles of the place. And the police came to his house to make sure I wasn't there to cause problems. True story. And um, Delphi has been a part of planting a couple dozen, maybe, churches where he lives among Muslim people. He lives in a highly Muslim populated area. The farther north you get in Cameroon, the more dense the Muslim population is. He lives in a place where it's mostly Muslim. He doesn't eat pork because he doesn't want to leave a bad testimony for his Muslim neighbors who don't eat it. And so Justin, Justin trained Delphi in how to start churches. Again, your partnership in the gospel at work and Delphi has done it. He's a great guy. He's a friend of mine, and he's just super joyful and loves to laugh and just, yeah, he, he gets it. And before our uh, class, our second class, graduated in January a year ago, <coughs> Antoine is a part of that class, or was, he was our top student. And uh, as I watched him and watched him grow and learn and his curiosity and the way God had gifted him, before he graduated, I called up Delphi and I said, you need to take Antoine under your wing and you need to train him and you need to disciple him because I think he is uniquely gifted actually to do more than you do. And so here we have Justin, who's trained Delphi, who went to our Bible Institute, graduated, who's trained Antoine, who went to our Bible Institute and graduated from it, and now Antoine has been sent to the far north of Cameroon and Marwa, where he is planting churches among Muslim tribes there as well. 
and seeing people come to know Jesus who've never, ever, ever heard the message of the gospel in a place I can't go because of your partnership in the gospel. This is one of my favorite pictures I've ever, and I didn't take this, this was sent to me. Fantastic picture of how that works, what you've seen and heard in me passed down to faithful men and women. Your partnership in the gospel allows stuff like this to take place. Let me share another story. This picture is Narcisse and his wife. Narcisse was in our first class as well. He's from that large port city of Douala. And uh, Narcisse was kind of like me in school, pretty average, and uh, a little bit of a screw-off, quite honestly. He sat, you know, everybody kind of had their assigned seats like church. You know, I was a little scared I was going to steal somebody's seat this morning, and I realized it's only your second son in the building, so you don't even have your assigned seats yet. So... Um, he had his seat right down here. He was right in the front row, like the first line, the first guy on the left. And he just, he was joking around all the time, and I could relate to that. He just, he, it, he took his study seriously, but not really. And he was very average. And he graduated in 2018. Pastor Mark was there, probably handed him his diploma, shook his hand, maybe have a picture with him. And then he goes back to Douala, church calls him to be the pastor, and not too long after that, he's voted to be the president of the Douala District of Churches. And I thought, oh great, we'll see how this goes. Because there were guys who could have done, I thought, a better job. Leadership, kind of administrative role, some authority that goes with it, and by golly, you know what? Narcisse rose to the challenge. Narcisse is a friend. He rose the challenge, and I started seeing these churches who had a hard time working together, some good things beginning to happen, and they were overcoming some of the challenges that they were facing, and just some better health coming to that district because of his leadership that he had been giving to it. I was in Douala for training uh, last April with another Encompass missionary who came down from France. And we were teaching some people about worship things in the church and how to create a Christ-honoring worship service. And Narcisse said, Director, can I talk to you? That's what they call me as Director because they can't say Jason, Jejon, um, is how they say my... So they call me Director. Titles are hugely important there. And so that's what everybody calls me. You don't have to. In fact, I prefer you don't. Um, he said, Director, can I talk to you? I said, Sure. So uh, we walked into the pastor's house, which is a classroom at an elementary school, uh, kind of where their church meets, that he's converted into his house, and he stays there. So we walked into the pastor's living room, and he starts just thanking me for the training that he received, and how much it's helped his family, and how much it's helped his marriage, and how much it's helped his leadership in the church, and his preaching and understanding of the scriptures, and all of those things, just incredibly genuine in that. Then he stops and pauses for a minute, kind of looks, looks away, and as he's trying to find his next words, I can see that he's actually getting choked up. And um, he says, my family's going to have to move back to our village in the Central African Republic because my wife has some health issues we can get cheaper medical care there, not better, but cheaper medical care there. And um, 
life will be less stressful in the village than in the big city. And as he's telling me the story and saying all of these things, and as he's choked up, it dawns on me that this is his goodbye. Because Narcisse and I probably won't see each other again until heaven. Probably won't see each other again until heaven. Because he lives out in the middle of nowhere, Central African Republic right now. Place I will never go. He'll probably never go back to Cameroon. But he's serving in a church there now. Beginning to more and more. It just, it's a long process. But he's taken those things that he's learned at the Bible Institute that you have been a part of because of your partnership in the gospel. Pastor at a local church in Douala, Cameroon that you'd never heard of until this morning. Now he's moved his family to Pala, Central African Republic. Again, a place you'd never heard of until this morning. But your partnership in the gospel has helped Narcisse become the man of God that he is today. And while I won't see Narcisse probably again until heaven, and you won't see Narcisse until heaven, that's okay. I look forward to being reunited with him and his smile, and he's lost a finger and has some hard stories too. But Narcisse is a good man that you have invested in without even realizing it. When I'm at churches like this, after the service, often people will come to me and say, wow, what can we do to help? And I have a real answer this time. Um, the next slide talks about a project that Encompass has had going on for over a decade, but uh, now it's under my charge. It's called the Timothy Project, and it allows uh, sponsors, people in the States mostly, to sponsor a Bible Institute student for $40 a month. It's kind of your traditional sponsorship model. Or if you'd like to support a seminary student in Bangui, it's $120 a month because their tuition's higher. But what it does is it gives a, a scholarship in the name of that student to the school to reduce their tuition. Just like any of you, if you went to college, to university, and you received scholarships, that went to the school in your name. You didn't put that money in your pocket you know, to spend however you wanted. So your money goes directly to the school to reduce a student's tuition burden. Our students pay $200 a year. The actual cost is about $600 a year per student for, for the school to be able to make ends meet. And so, by God's grace, all of our Cameroonian students are sponsored right now. Um, we, have, we just lost a sponsor for our Chadian students. One of our schools in Chad of six students, they're not receiving any help from the Timothy Project. Maybe that's what something God is laying on your heart. TTP, the Timothy Project, encompass.org. Talk to me about it if you uh, would like more information. But that's just a screenshot of the homepage. So uh, that's what it looks like if you go there. Um, I need to get a QR code, which, by the way, stands for Quick Response. Did you know that? And TCK, third call. That's like two things in one Sunday morning you've learned. So... Um, would love to talk with you about that and obviously many, many other ways. Last time I was here in 2020 in the dip of COVID, I had a, a, a couple in the church who's here this morning. I've seen them already. Haven't talked to them, but I've seen them um, who came to me and say, we want to help Jason. What can we do? And they 
they were very gracious and wrote a check to help buy red beans and rice for our students. And I went out and got 100 kilos of beans and 100 kilos of rice, and we divided that among the student families. And uh, until the money was gone, we gave them every month about eight or 10 pounds of each one to feed their family several meals that are super healthy and full of protein. But lots of ways, because as, as you heard, they work 72 hours a week for 80 to $100 a month. And that's hard for them to pay tuition and make ends meet. So if you'd like to talk to me more about that, um, would love to. Could tell you stories all morning. Obviously, after eight years, eight and a half years, and maybe we'll have a chance to do that another time. But as I've taken on this expanded role, I can't help but think about the partnership that the churches have with the gospel that support. We have 17 or 18. We got a lot of churches that invest in the ministry that God has given us more than the average missionary because I was a pastor and I could go to my pastor friends and say, hey, come alongside with what God is doing. But as these pastors are trained and graduate, they're called by one of the several thousand churches we have in Africa, and you're very much a part of seeing that happen. You're very much a partner in the work of the gospel, and the partnership that you have is not insignificant. You pray for our family. You give our family a Sunday like this to share with you. That's in, most pastors don't like giving up their pulpit. I didn't. Mark's like, hey, I'll be in Kenya. You want to preach for me while I'm there? I said, I'd love to. You give financially so our family can be there. Those are significant things, and the Lord has honored that partnership over the years that we have been that we've been sharing in this ministry together. So let me say thank you again for what you have done, for what you've allowed the Lord to accomplish through you and through our family over these last eight and a half years. The Lord has honored it, and I pray that he will continue to. Will you pray with me as we close? Lord, I'm so grateful for this church. We are so grateful for this church, uh, not just because they send money, that's farther down the, the list of things, actually. But it's because they care about your church. They care about what's going on in Cameroon and in, in the Central African region. We're thankful. I'm so thankful that Mark has been able to travel to Cameroon to see life and ministry, to stay in our house, to eat at our table with my family, and to, uh, to be a part of and, and get a, a small glimpse of what ministry is like in Cameroon. So we're thankful for that partnership. We're thankful for those who are here this morning who've heard these stories, Lord. It's not about us. It's about your church, your glory, and your kingdom. Pray for workers that there'll be maybe even hear some this morning who say, yeah, I feel that prod. I feel that nudge to go to a different place. It doesn't have to be Africa. Pray that you might help them take a next step of obedience in that way as well. So we praise you for your word that guides us. We thank you for the stories and your Holy Spirit, which unites us all together in the church. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.